2: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
0: the Talksport fan network is proudly supported by mcdelivery bringing you the food you love mcdelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door no matter the result you'll always be winning with mcdelivery so the only thing left to say is you win
2: Hello and welcome to Went to Mode King's Meadow, the show that is glad to be back, even if our family is missing two of its members. Uh, Now, following a frustrating 2-2 draw with Real Madrid in Spain, Chelsea had no time to feel sorry for themselves with the visit of an impressive Liverpool side. Under the management of former Chelsea manager Matt Beard, it took just 12 minutes before Chelsea took the lead, though, with Lauren James, benefited from Sophie Ingalls' excellent pass. Liverpool, though, hit back with the impressive Van de Sanden forcing Jess Cart into an uncharacteristic mistake. She got in behind Chelsea's back line and her cross was bundled into the Chelsea net off Carter's leg as she desperately tried to recover. Chelsea, though, were unfazed and got back in front 10 minutes later. Academy superstar Aggie Beaver-Jones heading home from a Lauren James cross, then attacking the Matthew Harding end in the second half. Chelsea came to life with Lauren James scoring her second from an almost impossible angle and getting her first Chelsea hat trick soon after turning Johanna Ritten Cameron's cross into the net. Shirk and Liskun put the cherry on the cake after Morgan played from Camry on the right-hand side, ensuring that after this weekend's results, Chelsea remain the only unbeaten side in the league. But Saturday belonged to one player, a hat-trick hero, Miss Lauren James. And the title of the show tonight went to But episode number 111. is Keeping Up With The Jameses. And thankfully, it is not just me here tonight, as we would be without Jane and Dane for a little while. Uh, I'm joined by Mr Simon Kingman. Simon, good to see you again.
1: Evening. Hey, Dean, evening everyone, evening Clayton, good to be back. Thanks for having me back
2: as well. Yeah, good to see the Wi Fi is stable this, this time. It
1: because is. It's, it's yeah. All right, so far, I've got
2: the cans out. Yeah, we'll touch wood on that. The cans industry. Yeah, and we, we are joined by a Chelsea fan class favourite, uh, Mr Clayton Beerman. Clayton, good to see you.
3: Yeah, Andrew, mate, thanks very much for having me, uh, me on. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, it should be a good one uh, after a good result. Uh, now remember you can listen to the show live every Tuesday at around 8pm and uh, join with the show via the live chat page by heading to Mixler That's mixlr.com and searching for mo King's Meadow uh, Now on the show tonight in part 1 we look at Chelsea's impressive performance uh, Oh I haven't changed this bit of the script uh, <laughs> against Liverpool uh, We're also going to talk about the attendance issue and in part 2 we're going to have a little preview ahead of the game against Paris FC this uh, Thursday and we're going to do all that after this Get straight into it then. Uh, Chelsea lining up for this one in a 4 2 3 1 formation with Satura Mizovic back in goal. Yeah. The back four of Eve Perisei, Baron Mioda, and Neve Charles. Um, sorry, that's wrong as well, isn't it? Should be Jess Carter in there. Um, Sophie Engle and Aaron Cuthbert partnered in the midfield with Aggie Beaver Jones, Serkan and Lauren James supporting yeah. Sam Curt in attack. Get there, I've only got 10 players in that team. Uh, Emma Hayes made full use of her five available substitutions with Johanna Ritz and Cameron replacing Aggie Beaver Jones in the 64 minute. On 75 minutes, Ashley Lawrence and Mia official came on for Charles and Kerr, and then in the 81st minute, Jesse Fleming and Frank Kirby were introduced for Niskan and Kaput. That left Anne Katrin Berger, Hannah Hampton, Anik Nowen and Kadisha Buchanan. As the unused subs, stats-wise, Chelsea had 60% possession, uh, 19 shots, 10 on target, 9 corners and 6 fouls to Liverpool's 40% possession, 10 shots, 4 on target, 2 corners and 11 fouls. Uh, now, Clayton, this season... Um, Every week we we're talking about who starts in goal because uh, it is one of the most interesting things about the team. Uh, Muzic back in goal after Berger's error midweek. Um, Would you think is the a one question no that cutthroat? You know, a mistake by Berger she straight out, or this is the rotation that we're going to see all season?
3: I think it's the rotation you're going to see all season. I don't think it's it's down because I mean, yeah, okay, uh, she's not great with her feet. We know that, um, AKB, but um, I that goal wouldn't have happened had there not been a huge deflection. So um, I'm not sure that's, that's the reason she wasn't in. I think that is just rotation and keeping things fresh. Um, I'm, I'm baffled. I really baffled because I, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good, but we don't lose. So until we lose and and you can actually say it was her fault, uh, it was either Musso's fault or AKB's fault, then the, the, it, it's it's just keeping it fresh, keeping them on their toes. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount to choose between them. I think they've both got their strengths and they've both got their weaknesses.
2: Yeah, Simon, we're, we're sure thoughts on that. I and mean, Obviously, I think we're going to pretty soon see Hannah Hampton thrown into that mix as well.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting... Um article in the guardian that i'd seen online and it was about the um with stuart sell and it was about the the menstrual cycle training that they do and he was saying that sometimes it can be that sort of thing in training one of them or after the and it's all to do with menstrual cycles and where they are in their different phases so I wondered whether it was a uh, real sort of thing, I can it four games, chop and change a goalkeeper, but whether it's it, that plays into it a little bit as well with them, the science of it, rather than just we'll give another goalkeeper a chance. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting, an interesting rate.
2: Yes, it would be three games for Musevich at the start. Three then for Burger. Yeah,
1: yeah, one, so it, it. it sort of fits into a
2: bit of a pattern. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, well, maybe one day we'll find out when Emma leaves <laughs> at the end of the season, she might start revealing her secrets. Maybe, um, maybe not. The the other sort of, I suppose, surprise or talking point was was Millie Bright left out um, at the time. We didn't know why, um, but for me, it's the inclusion of of Marin in her position and Nawan and Buchanan still not getting a look in this season. Uh, which has surprised me. Has that surprised you as well?
3: Um, not really. Uh, I, Emma obviously doesn't fancy now, um, full stop. Um, and Buchanan doesn't actually inspire any confidence when you do see her. I think she's, I don't know whether she's just fallen out of favour with Emma. Um, I think that we now have better options. Um and I think she's dropped down the pecking order. And I and I think that with no Millie, it wasn't a surprise um, that Jess was paired with Mielda. Because I think Jess is is always the the quotes junior partner. Um and maybe that, that is why Maren was in was in there and Maren is sort of just reinventing herself, to be perfectly honest. We you know, she came back last season when we really needed her and she was fantastic. Um and she was great again. Uh, on Saturday, so no, I mean, I I don't know what's going to happen with Buchanan um, whether she's going to be happy sitting on the bench, because she is sort of third third choice now so um, but whenever she comes on she doesn't really look at it, but I suppose it's very difficult when you're a substitute and you're not playing regularly to, to sort of impress Yeah,
2: Simon, I wonder if, you know listening to Clayton there, that maybe that Buchanan and uh, now one of the defenders that Emma thinks, well, if we're going to play in a three. Either of those two can come in, but when it's a two, she maybe doesn't have that trust in them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think like uh, Clayton said, I think Buchanan, she's she's going to make two or three mistakes during the game. And perhaps having that three would give her that backup, up and then of having the other two, Jess and Millie, to help her out. I mean, she's fantastic when she carries the ball forward and she sort of steps into midfield with it. She's fantastic. But then defending, she can be a bit, yeah, a bit iffy. And and now, and I really don't understand now. I thought she was fantastic when she played before she went on loan. But that's it. We don't make those uh, decisions, do we, luckily?
2: Yeah. One of those things about going on loan sometimes is that you you're out of the loop and you come back and you maybe yeah, start again yeah. from scratch and um, there are a number of options ahead of her as we as we see. Uh, now, the first sort of moment of the game I want to talk about is the opening goal and it, it stemmed from Sophie Ingle in her 184th WSL appearance and that's the most by any player in the WSL era. Um, she cut off the passing lane, uh, played a 1-2 with Sam Kerr, released Lauren James Uh she left Liverpool's defence for dust and put us one 0 up. Um but, uh, Sophie's taken a, a bit of criticism early this season that perhaps she shouldn't be in the team much anymore. But you know, throughout this game, I think she showed her importance and her quality. Um, her intelligence as well, and you know, hundred and eighty four appearances, I think as well. We need to congratulate her on that. Uh,
3: absolutely. Um I think Sophie's one of those players that that does get criticism and she's easy to sort of have a little snipe at, but she's somebody who, when she's gone, we'll miss her. I'm absolutely sure of that. I think she's a, she's a cracking player. Um, she might not be the flashiest, but she, she gets her job done. I Listen, uh, maybe she has started the season a bit slower than she normally does and what we're used to, but I thought she was excellent on Saturday. And, is quite interesting watching her playing such a, a defence-splitting pass. That's not really something you immediately uh, identify her with. But um, no, I thought she was she was great, and it, it was yeah, fantastic um, to get that record. I was looking at the list of of uh, of appearances, and it, it looks like that. I mean, depending on how much longer she's going to play at Chelsea, that Millie's probably going to overtake her before not too long. I think she's only about fifteen behind her but um, yeah no she played really well
2: yeah Simon so agree with that on Sophie
1: yeah I'd actually written that down on some notes um, Clayton said I'm not sure we'll fully appreciate her until she's gone but she's a, a, just a fantastic player simple things but really really well we had a guy sitting behind us um, the United game when we won the league a couple of seasons ago and he didn't stop moaning about her. He was one of these people that was in the, hate, but in the stands. We passed it long, we should have passed it short. Passed it short, we should have passed it long. And he was digging so finger out all the time. So Verity and I took it upon ourselves just to sing the so finger song for the rest of the game. Yeah, but a, a, absolutely fantastic player. Fantastic.
2: Yeah. I'm getting a sort of John Obi McKell vibe so that every season he's been retired, he's got better and better. Um, That's a great
3: comparison.
2: Yeah. And that people don't appreciate them at the time. Uh, But yeah, I think when you've got the dynamic midfield around her of Cuthbert and especially now Nuskin as well, um, the limitations of her game, which is probably her pace now, you don't see as much. And her intelligence is is insane the way she's able to put herself in positions to stop forward passes, as she did then. Um, but, Clayton, Liverpool did hit back straight away. Um, and I was impressed with Van der Sanden up front for them. I think she caused us problems all game. Um, and I was a bit concerned at the time that we might struggle without Millie and the team, you know, at the back. Uh, they did look a bit shaky, but it was a poor moment sort of all round, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I was absolutely gut it because... The chant, You'll never beat Jess Carter, and I've never ever seen her beaten. But she was completely done up by the ball behind her. Uh, and God bless her, she tried to get back. Um, and unfortunately, it, it went in. But no, you, you're you absolutely right about Landers Sanders, she was a real handful, and she was she did really, really well considering she didn't have much support. Um, and I thought she, that she she bothered us, she really did. I, I didn't. If I had to look at, at one area on Saturday, and and you have to look very closely to find things wrong with this team, but I just I thought the back four looked a bit shaky at times, and I don't know whether that. I mean, obviously, if you keep changing the back four, you keep changing the goalkeeper. That's going to happen, but I mean, you know, I I think one of the things is when we played Liverpool last season. I mean, obviously, we lost in that fast call first game, but even the game um, that we played at home we didn't I, I think did was it in injury time we scored a winner we, we won 2-1 but they were a very very difficult side to play against and i, I you know we did really well to do what we did on um, on saturday
2: yeah i mean i've always been impressed with with Matt Beard simon um we spoke to him on the, on this podcast uh last summer um liverpool you know one of those things they beat an arsenal away this year at, at the emirates 1-0 um they knew the weaknesses to attack and luckily we we did hold firm sort of after that goal and we we in the ship quite well, but it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? And although the that, that, that defence did seem shaky, I don't think they did get to trouble Muzic that much.
1: No. No. I was I rewatched it today. Like I said, I I didn't really get chance to watch it on Saturday, I watched the second half. But she didn't really have much to do, and they didn't really bother us. That uh, um, yeah, Fender Sand, and she's she's just a beast of a player. But they didn't, yeah, she didn't have any saves either. Did Sheamusovic? Who
2: the one where Eve yeah.
1: cleared it off the line? Yeah. But like later like said again, it's it's um, chopping and changing as well. Wow. Bringing Marion in and the goalkeeper sometimes, I as suppose as that can affect you. But they, yeah, he sets them up well as well, doesn't he, Matt Beard? Yeah. T- good team, whispers yeah. about him coming back as well, potentially.
2: Yeah, I do wonder coming if he's back he to, to Chelsea, list. but. <laughs> well, Paul Winstanley's making the list, apparently, so um, we'll see. Um...
1: <laughs> yeah, good. We'll see about that one.
2: Yeah. As I said, Clay, we did sort of. Steady the ship quite quickly, and sort of 10 minutes after that, we're back in front. Probably my favorite goal of the game, to be honest. And I know Lauren had two great goals, but her cross for this was, was superb. And you know, the intelligence of Aggie Beaver Jones to get off her marker and, and head home for a young player, you know, four goals in four games. It's exciting, isn't it? Because we haven't really had that recently from from Chelsea, the you know, young women's team, such as a young player coming through. Surprised that she's stuck around, actually, this season, but she's taken her chance and perhaps a bit unlucky not to be with the England squad in the, in the call-up today.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's... Well, my own personal opinion, I, I think it's probably a squad too early. Um, but maybe just being with them and getting the atmosphere, not necessarily playing, maybe, maybe that would have been a thing. But... Um, the the goal was just I I don't think it's been talked enough how she took it the header was just it was deflected it wasn't she used the the speed of the ball and she just she didn't bang it in with her forehead she just sort of flicked it and it just completely bamboozled um the keeper and it was it was brilliant and it it was it was I think it it just showed her football intelligence I think every goal that she scored has been different. And it's it, it's so exciting. It really, really is exciting. I mean. In years gone by, um, Sam Kerr has been sort of holding, holding up the attack and she's the one being scoring the goals. And perhaps it hasn't been enough. In terms of people assisting, but uh, in in terms of goal contribution. But wow, I mean, what what a bonus. And we didn't have to spend any money on it. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Really good goal.
2: Yeah, I mean, Simon, as you saw on the TV, I do sit very close to Emma Hayes at Stamford Bridge. Practically, it's just a monster <laughs> at this stage. Um, but there was lots of conversations throughout the game between her and, and Aggie, and it's her first start. She's playing on the right. Well, she hasn't. I don't think she's done that this season. I think she's come on you know, up front or on the left. Um, and, you know, she did make mistakes. She did give the ball away. She did choose the wrong pass at the wrong time. But, you know, there's lots of things, as Clayton said, that are positive about her performance and... I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of her um, as the season progresses. And I think she will stay the, the season. She
1: looks a fantastic player. Really, really good. And you can't fail to learn from whoever it is. Lauren James, JRK, Sankar, official, any of those. Any young player is going to learn from those players and take parts of their game as well and add it to her natural game. Um, perhaps use more as an impact sub at the moment, give her a, a, a couple of run outs sort of here and there. And um, I was surprised she wasn't in the England squad, to be honest. I, I get that it might be a bit early, but when you've got um, Ebony Salmon and even Beth Mead's come back, isn't she?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm sure Aggie's played more minutes than she has at the moment maybe I'm wrong but like say her goals have just all been different as well and just looks and natural talent I mean she was fantastic at Everton wasn't she last year saw a couple of the games scored a few goals but just amazing to see someone like that coming through I mean, since I've been going and, and sort of the few years that I've watched, I can't really think of anyone else. There was, um, was Emily Murphy sort of come on and burst on and scored a few goals, but but nothing like this. She looks brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
2: Yeah, we always get messages from the Everton Women Supporters Group asking to take her back. Um, and when we played up there, today, said they going to try and keep her off the coach, so she stayed at Everton. Um it's how much they they yeah, okay. there. I don't think she scored many goals up there either but her impact on the team has obviously felt um, obviously playing with some better players I suppose the opportunities come a bit easier in front of goal uh, but this one was was really well taken um, and then the, the second half um, sort of just steps up a gear and I don't think we was particularly sluggish in the first half um, but they, they went up the, the gears and the, the 3-1 goal from, from uh, Lauren James um, they made Liverpool go long which they hadn't really done in the first half and Luskin won the header uh, Sam Kirk gives it to James and doesn't look like much is on uh, but then Lauren James has got the ball so all of a sudden it's 3-1 It
3: was interesting actually because I thought at the beginning of the second half that that Liverpool pressed us more made, he made the half-time substitution and I thought they looked slightly better and I was sort of well, concerned, but I, I just thought it was an interesting change of tactic. Um but then as you say, and, and the thing is with that third goal and and maybe even with the first goal, Lauren does something, and I don't know how she does it, but she looks like she hasn't actually hit the ball that hard, but she has. And the way that she can actually direct it away from keepers, she just finds the furthest point. Fabulous goal, fabulous goal, and you know, Sam not getting the goal in this game, but she was contributing, and that was a, a very intelligent ball I thought playing out to to Lauren, and I suppose you do that, and then you just sit back and admire.
2: Yeah, which I, I suppose Simon, you know, talking of, of Sam Kerr, I thought I had a, a very good game. That we don't need to rely on her to score every week, one or two goals for us to win games, and there's goals all over the pitch now. Um, we will see another side to Sam, uh, which I think again highlights her you know, quality and second for the Ballon d'Or, wasn't she this this year? Um, just adding more strings to her bow, which maybe you wouldn't expect from a player of her age and experience.
1: No, she played she played really well. Say so her hold up was fantastic and bringing other people in. Last season we we relied on her. Uh, this season and it's proving that we don't we can take her out of the team if she needs a rest and God she needs a rest that girl. She's she's well she's gonna fly to Australia again since she in a couple of weeks time. So it gives us the opportunity to rest her again. She's um I can't speak highly enough of her. You know know what I think of her really. She's brilliant and if she's not scoring She's helping other people score, bringing other people into the team and just playing the way she did. If she had it scored, obviously, player in the match, because that's how it goes, isn't it? It's the same scores player in the match.
2: Yeah, well, she played the pass back to Ingle for the first goal. She played the pass to Lauren James for the second goal. She gets the assist for the third goal. Uh, I don't know if she does get the assist or not because I think Lauren takes too many touches but she plays the ball to Lauren. So, you know, involved in all aspects apart from scoring, which obviously is new, new, new for her. Um, and then Aggie, comes, Aggie B. Jones comes off playing for Hannah written Cameron. and this player has been a little bit Marmite um, to many people but she made an instant impact in this game and she's been performing you know, really well this season. Uh down that right-hand side, ball across and, and Lauren James is there in the right place to get a hat-trick. Um, you know, Cameron, what's your thoughts on her and, and her sort of stepping up? Do you think that's because of the performances of someone like Beaver Jones making her sort of push for that place?
3: Yeah, I think that whenever she came on last season, you thought, right, she's going to do it this game. She's going to do it this game. She didn't quite do it. No lack of effort. Her final pass was not great. This season, it's changed. Um Noticeably, I thought when she played against Brighton at home, I thought she was really... I mean, I think she sort of made a huge impact. I think she came on at half-time, didn't she? And she, I think she changed things a lot against Brighton. Uh And I think scoring against Villa gave her a huge amount of confidence. Because I was that—that that was the first league goal, wasn't it? I know she scored in yeah. the Champions League, but that was her first league goal. I thought she was excellent when she came on, and and she's now doing what we expect her to do. Um, yes, perhaps Aggie being there, but also you wonder, you know, with my favourite not being there, Guru, um, whether she sort of stepped up and and realised that we need her to, to to create because obviously losing the the number of assists that Guro contributes. Um, and maybe that's something Emma said to her. Who knows? Um, but it certainly worked. I mean, the, the two assists she got on um on Saturday were very good. Um, very intelligent use. I, I did have to laugh because I think Lauren absolutely flattened Nushkin, didn't she, when she scored? Sort of gone unnoticed, which absolutely flattened her and a Liverpool defender at the same time. Uh, But yeah, no, she's,
2: I think it's very promising signs from Joanna. Yeah, I mean, as Clayton says, Simon, she set up the the fifth goal as well. Uh, The Liverpool left-back Hines, the captain, had a terrible game, to be honest. I think she was at fault for, or at least three of the goals, um, getting uh, beaten on that left-hand side. Um, But yeah, what we've been asking for from Cameron is is goals and assists, and she's providing that, and you know, you've got players like Kirby and, and Jesse Fleming on the bench, and who's going to get that starting space? And her name's right up there now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, she offers us something different as well. I think her pace is superb. I mean, where we sit, we're sort of close to her in that second half at King's Meadow, and, and a different kind of player to any other that we've got. And she is adding that final pass and the goals. I just wonder as well, like Clayton said about Guru as well, if if we're playing better as a team without her and the goals are being spread more? No no, um, sort of Neves playing on that left-hand side. I just was wondering the other day about it and whether things would be different if she was in the team. It's a bit yeah. unknown. It's a bit sort of left field, literally.
2: <laughs> yeah, literally. And uh, I think we're playing sort of without Guru is, you know, almost with two number 10s to start the game off. Uh And then adding that width as the game goes on, especially when Fleming plays, you know, it's very central and allows the likes of Charles to overlap on that left-hand side, as we saw in Madrid for that first goal. Um, but as you say, you know, I don't speak about Wrighton's quality uh, when she's come back we're, we'll be just as good if not a better team for that uh, presence uh, I just want to touch on the fifth goal Clayton from Luskin. Um I thought was excellent on on Saturday and has been the highlight of the new signings for me um, what have you made of her so far this season and of course in the game on Saturday um, fantastic absolutely
3: fantastic I think the thing that I mean, apart from what she brings to the team, which is an energy, a goal threat, and just generally a really busy player, is the fact that she's just slotted in. I mean, there, there's been no settling in period for her. There's been no sort of she'll get used to us and all the rest of it. From the first minute that she was in the side, she just looked like she knew what she was doing. And... um I've been incredibly impressed with her. I think such a shrewd signing, such a good shine. I mean, what's interesting is that she basically has provided something different. And if you basically looked our side over the last couple of years, you wouldn't have said, oh, we're missing this sort of player. But goal-scoring midfielder, fabulous tackler. I mean, she, she's got this sort of it's trademark now, isn't it? This slide tackle, and every time she does it, you think oh, the ref's going to give a foul, and it's not because it isn't. So, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, hats off to the recruitment for for that signing. I mean, just very, very good.
2: Yeah, she's becoming one of my favorites very quickly. And uh, just sort of the last thing, Simon, that's sort of gone on the radar as well. You know, five goals scored. Uh, all by players aged twenty-two and under, which I don't think you think of with this Chelsea team.
1: No, no, I didn't realise that to be honest. But there is, there's been a big shift, isn't there, in the age. I think of bit like that, Neal and going. go in, sort of brought the average age down. Yeah, I didn't even realise that. But that's a, that's a, yeah, very good stat. Yeah.
2: Look good for the next
1: few yeah. years. Very
2: I did, good. I, I did steal yeah. it from someone else. It's not mine. I've just heard it. Um and we did obviously. Do, yeah, I should have done. Uh we did do a player of the match poll as usual when we win. Uh, Sophie Ingall got three percent, Aggie Beaver Jones five percent. Jerkin Niskan eight percent and the runaway winner with eighty-four percent was Lauren James. Uh so no surprise there. Uh before we go for a quick break, I suppose we should talk about attendances or the lack of it. At Stanford Bridge, just over twelve thousand there for this one. Uh Clayton, I am with the belief that twelve thousand at Stamford Bridge is better than three thousand five hundred at King's Meadow. Uh but there is obviously work to do when we're looking at our rivals like Arsenal and now Manchester United playing at you know their home grounds on what the club needs to be doing to get more fans at these fixtures
3: yeah it is disappointing there's a lot of chat about it at the moment and i do happen to know uh through a different hat that i wear that the club are trying really really hard to address the situation um i mean one could sort of be quite simplistic about this and say lower the prices and you know it's it's not quite that simple but that would be a huge um a huge start um the 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 pricing is is just wrong i mean i know that it costs the club a lot of money to have games at stamford bridge um but they do have to look about it i mean you know it's 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 all very well saying oh we can get x number of people through the door for 30 quid or you can get a hell of a lot more people through the door for 10 quid um and it is something the club are looking at And I I think that the other thing that is quite difficult is the, is the actual fixtures when they are um, and people getting used to the fact that we're going to have more games at Stamford Bridge and when we're playing at King's Meadow, I have heard people say, Oh, we didn't know we were playing this game or what have you. But I mean, if you're on social media, if you're on any sort of social media, the club are advertising it as much as they possibly can, but, whether they're hitting the right audience or not, I don't know. And I think that's something that they, they are trying to address.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, Simon, I look at Arsenal, I think they've done it very well, but it's taken them time. Let's not forget that. Um, you know, they do a fixed rate fee. They sell at the bottom, then they start opening up the top. Uh, so that we haven't tried to do, they try to split the prices between the best seats in the house, which hasn't worked. Um, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on it, really? I think that's the main thing, isn't
1: it? The Arsenal sell. I mean, like, this, this game coming up against us is £15 pounds everywhere. And I think that's where I get it wrong. Um, I know people that have paid £50 pounds in the middle of the West End. somebody the other day. They, two of them have paid £50 pounds sort of weeks ago. And then... The day before, there's a 15% off code that you can use or free mobile, two for one, and then somebody else has turned up and paid £25. I think it should be that price all across the board. Dylan keeps telling me, I, I preach to the kids, don't worry about other people. You just do what you've got to do. So when I say about Arsenal to Dylan, and he's always digging me out, you always tell me not to worry about other people. But it is, and I don't know why they get it so right, Arsenal. It, it pains me so much that they do. Is it the supporters? Do they have more supporters than us? Is it tourists? We have a different sort of set of tourist fans, maybe. I don't. I really don't get it. But Chelsea are doing it wrong, whatever it is, in my opinion. I mean, we can go on Saturday because I was working, but... Just that whole sort of new package of Stanford Bridge games, I, I think is just out of order, really.
3: I I think But I how think,
1: do we do it? How do we
3: do sorry sorry to interrupt you, Simon, but I do actually think that they know they've got it wrong. And they are going to try to get it right, whether they can or not. And and I think the point that Dean makes is that they've been doing it longer, that Arsenal have been doing it longer than yeah. we have. Um yeah. And I have been told that they basically, they are, they do liaise with Arsenal. They are learning from Arsenal and, and hopefully they will get it right. I think the worrying thing for me is the fact that we have got the best team and the best manager and it shouldn't be a hard sell. If the time comes when we're not the best, then it's gonna be even more difficult. I mean that that is my concern.
2: Yeah, I mean for me what Arsenal do Absolutely. well. Is market um sorry, Dank on the Lionesses that they've got, Leah Williams and Beth Mead. Now I've got Russo as well. You know, they're highly marketable players and although we've got, you know, Millie Bright, Frank Kirby, Lauren James coming through now, um, you know, a good English core of players. We haven't really pushed that as a club. And to give the new owners credit, I mean, the old owners didn't try to do this at all either. I mean, we played Tottenham in 2019 and a Champions League game that no one remembers against Wolfsburg at Stafford Bridge. Um, so it is from scratch and you know, they've made mistakes, but hearing from Clayton that they're, they're learning is good news. Um, I mean, they're going to play the Champions League on Thursday with just the East Stand Lower Open. Um, which perhaps they weren't going to sell many more tickets anyway, but don't look like they've even bothered to try. Um, and not every team is playing at a big stadium, so why bother playing Paris FC and BK Hacken at Stamford Bridge when you don't need to? Um, but maybe it's getting that familiarity uh, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know you're you're big on this, but the loyal fans sort of being taken advantage of that buy their tickets early, uh, and as we mentioned, then you know fifteen percent off codes and two for ones for for the newbies. Is that put, Do you think that's putting more people off? Um, I think it's upsetting
1: people more than putting them off. To be honest, like people, we we didn't do the Stanford Bridge package because it it was would have been just too much. I like know people that did wish they hadn't now because their seats weren't great, aren't great. And then they see this offer coming along as well and they could have saved themselves a fair bit of money on top of their King's Meadow season tickets as well. I think, I mean, we I took part in a, a focus group about um, Pride of London a little while back and we have got the best location in London, we are London, aren't we? We're sort of 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the West Ends, whereas Arsenal are wherever Arsenal are. Is it Woolwich still, that they, play, Or is it Hertfordshire? Whereas okay. we should perhaps promote that a little bit more as well, where we are. I mean, everybody knows we're at Chelsea and we're at Stamford Bridge, but we are The closest team to central London, aren't we? Oxford Street, Regent Street, Knightsbridge. That sort of thing as well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know whether we can promote that as part of it as well.
2: Open top bus parades
1: with our liners, specifically the Christmas nights.
2: Speaking with uh, Nathan, uh, who is involved with the tours at Chelsea, and they use the London Pass. at Stamford Bridge, so people can come on London Pass and take the tour. And they have, you know, they had Tottenham uh, officials at Stanford Bridge over the summer, and they said, oh, "Are you busy today?" And they said, "I'm oh, not really, just sort of five, six hundred people, and that is, you know, record number of visitors for Tottenham. I know there's not much to look at apart from the new stadium, no trophy cabinet, etc. But you know, that is a, you know, a benefit of where we're located. Um. You know, and bring on mix list. I just looked at you know, Rich Sand, I think people forget Arsenal were also getting rubbish attendances a couple of years ago, and I think they rode that Euros wave as we said better than anyone else. And um, I don't think it's too late for Chelsea, but they're going to need to learn fast. and It'd be interesting to see what they do next year in terms of fixtures and stuff. Um, you know, Clayton, any ideas that you would put forward to the club if you was asked about what to do?
3: Well, I think the club are in a difficult... Well, I, I think the cost thing more than anything else. I think that they've got to lower the cost. I mean, as an example, I went to the semi-final, as I'm sure we all did against Barcelona. And I decided to treat myself on the £30 tickets, which, you know, front row, east, middle tier, use of the bar. And then when the first game of the season came up, I thought, mm, why not? I'll do that again. And it gone up to 50 quid. And I'm not, you know, I got a season ticket for the men, a season ticket for the women, and I cannot justify paying fifty quid to go and see the women play, um, you know, with the best will in the world. I mean, maybe if it comes to semi final, the Champions League, something maybe, but it it is price, it is price, and I I think they 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 have to target local schools. even if they're getting the kids in for free, build up an atmosphere, get them hooked. You know, the players are great. You know, the players engage with all the fans, either at Kings Meadow and at Stamford Bridge, and they're doing as much as they possibly can. And I just think that you just need to get people in there, just, just sort of let them experience it. And I, and I, and I think that take a loss to, to build a following. And I, I, I think it will happen. And I think the thing is that the women's game is just going to get bigger and bigger. And so people are going to, um, more people are going to get involved. But the fact is that we know that we have been bought by people who don't like losing money and and they will get it right. Whether they get it right in time, I don't know. But yeah, I th- I think they have to take a loss. To see an eventual gain I think mean, it's all it's all about money at the moment it's tight for a lot of people and um you know whereas you could take a family maybe 25 quid two adults and two kids now it's 50 quid and 50 quid's a lot of money
2: yeah well that's what I sort of said on our discord about Thursday you know they're not going to open up another stand because it costs them money and they're not in the business of losing money so although the stand lower is sold out and you can still get hospitality tickets, um, though I clicked on, I think, the one you said, Clayton, in the middle uh, of the stand, and that was 140 quid. What? For the Champions section, which is the halfway line. The one to the end, the corner flag, was £35 a ticket, but the middle of that section above the dugout was £140 for the ticket.
3: Okay so my my ticket for that Barcelona semi final was it was on the side but it was it wasn't that far on the side i would say it was like halfway between the goal and the and the penalty area um and that was 30 quid and i i can't really is it cool challenge i mean you don't get anything you don't get hospitality you, it just means you've got access to a decent bar but you still have to pay for your own drinks and food if you want so it's not like yeah. It's proper hospitality.
2: I thought about it for about zero point five seconds and clicked off the page. Um, right, we're going to go for a break now. And we're quickly going to look ahead to that um, Champions League match against Paris FC yeah. uh, in the short bit of time we've got. Before we do that, a reminder that the latest issue of King's Meadow Chronicle, your Chelsea FC Women fanzine, is available to purchase now. King's Meadow Chronicle is written for the fans by the fans. Gives you an unedited fan view of the goings on around Chelsea FC Women. Writers include Clayton Beerman who's with us tonight, Sophie Spittle, Simon Kingman who's also with us tonight, uh, Harry Edwards, Rebecca Grasby and many others. The best way to get your copy is via a subscription. These are available for £12 plus postage at www.kingsmedowchronicle.bigcartel.com. Alternatively, if you can, just buy issue 7 for £2 plus postage. It will also be available at Kings Meadow on Sunday for the Leicester game, so you can get a copy there. There's only less than, I think less than 40 left uh, if you want issue 7. Uh, Issue 8 coming out after uh, Christmas uh, when we start back in January. Uh, So make sure you pick up your copy uh, now and we will be right back.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? Nord VPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast
2: episode description box. Uh, welcome back to Westmore, Kings Meadow. Uh, time then to look ahead to that second Champions League group stage clash versus Paris Paris FC. Sorry, this Thursday, the 23rd of November, uh, back at Stamford Bridge, uh, and Clayton after dropping that two points in Madrid. Is this a must-win already for us at home?
3: Yeah, I think so. Sadly, I mean it. It, it really does great when you say drop. We didn't drop anything.
2: Was well, no, it really,
3: just It's so <laughs> annoying. Yeah, I mean we should win. Um, it'll be a tough game, I suspect. Um, all we have to do is ask Arsenal, don't we, about how tough Paris FC are. Um, Not to be taken lightly. I don't for one minute think that we will take it lightly. But unfortunately, because of uh, what happened last week, yes, it is must-win. Definitely.
2: Yeah, Simon, um, do you think there'll be... I mean, we made six changes from Madrid to to Liverpool. A similar number or maybe even more for Paris?
1: Um, I think there'll be a few players coming in. Yeah, I've got my team written down. I don't know if we're going to do that in a minute, are we? No, through do those. Do that. Yeah, um, yeah, they're no mugs, are they? Not out Wolfsburg as well. they named the, the qualifier, the second qualifier. Yeah, they did. So we can't, yeah, we can't sort of go go too mad with changes. Perhaps get the game safe at half-time and then make the changes second and a half. But they yeah, they're no mugs even
2: without Alsou. Or oh, with her, she can play. Oh, can she? Yeah, she's available for selection. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Paris FC are second in the league at the moment behind Lyon. Uh, they played 8 won, seven and lost one. Uh, 21 points ahead of Paris Saint-Germain, but they have played two games more. Uh, so they're six points ahead with two games in hand. Uh, so yeah, no mugs, Clayton. And do you think Playing at Stanford Bridge, I know we, you know, just that one stand. Could that impact at all on a game like this? When you come out as a player and you're going to see three empty stands,
3: yeah,
2: and then the mental impact, do you think
3: it might do, it might do, but I think Emma's too professional for that, and I, I think the people that are there are very close to the pitch, much like Kings Meadow, um, so. Yeah, I mean it, it. It is a great shame. It is a great shame, but um, I think we're professional enough to sort of take it on the chin. It's not like they're going to turn up and go, "Crikey, we thought there were going to be forty thousand here tonight." I think they will be expecting that, and I think the team will just basically be professional enough to 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 sort of get the job done.
2: Yeah. Let's go through uh, a team selection then. This is, I'll go through mine first, time, and then you can change who you've got uh, in yours. So I think Micevic is going to stay in goal. Uh, Lawrence back at right-back. Uh, Brighton-Buchanan as a partnership uh, with Neve Charles as left-back. Uh, Ingo and Nuskin playing in the midfield with Kirby Fleming and ritten Cameron behind Mia Fischl, Uh which is... God, I didn't write down how many changes, but there's one, two... 3, 4, five, one, 6 again, which shows the strength of the squad, but what what's your lineup compared to that?
1: I've gone uh, Muzovic and gal, Childs, I've gone Nguyen as well. Nguyen, Bright, Lawrence. just trying to read it, sorry. Um, Cuthbert, I've gone Jankovic. I'm not sure, is she injured or is she just... Um, who what else? Nuskin. James, Fischel, and uh, JRK as well. It's strange because you, you're forgetting musovic as well, and, and nobody not Muzovic, I said that earlier on, Lupin. Is she injured? Yeah, she is. Well,
3: long ago, is she? I'm not sure. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who knows what's wrong with her. But I know that she's she's injured. Although, to be honest, I did see her in Lidl in Kingston two weeks ago, <laughs> uh, and she seemed to be moving freely. But I think there's a slight difference between shopping down the aisles and sort of running down the wing, isn't it? Um, it yeah,
2: Lidl is though. To be fair, that's can, very true. Don't get feisty in the middle aisle.
3: Oh, uh, the little the other, she, she was actually in the middle aisle at times I felt I was talking I was like walking around staring at her but I didn't approach her no,
2: until yeah. I was escorted yeah.
3: out of the shop <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> what's your thoughts Clayton on, on the line up I mean I've left Lauren James out she just scored a hat trick I've left Beaver Jones out I've left Sam Kerr out um, I don't know I just feel like this season you can change quite a few players and the level doesn't drop at all
3: yeah, I do. I think that very much is the case. I do actually think that um, the side will be very similar to um, to Saturday. Uh, I agree. I think Lawrence will come in at right back. Um, I think Millie will come back, but I think Jess Carter will continue alongside her. Um, I think that um, Fleming will probably come in for Ingle, but I think Cuthbert will play. And I do actually. I I think even though she needs a rest, she doesn't look a hundred percent. I think I think that Sam will play because I think that because this is a must-win side, a must-win game. I th- I think Emma will go strong. And as I say, I think it will be quite similar to the line up on Saturday. But then again, I could be completely wrong. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I left Jess out because she had that strapped into her fire, uh, which I think is a cut given where the bandages were. Uh, and then Erin did take that big dock into the advertising board, uh, which sounded like a gunshot at the time, uh, but it was just her knee. And she did ice it uh, when she got subbed. Um, she spoke to <laughs> the Gizmo. Uh So I thought maybe she would be left out for that. Cause obviously, there is a game again on Sunday, uh, but we'll see. As we say, I'll forget this by the time we come to record that podcast, uh, so we won't know. Uh, And another thing I'll forget is our predictions, but we'll do them anyway. Uh, Clayton, I'll come to you first. Your prediction for Chelsea versus Paris FC.
3: 3-0.
2: 3-0. Simon? Um, 3-2. Nervy 3-2. Well, that's not nice on a Thursday. Uh, I would go 3-1 with Paris scoring in the first two minutes. There you go. Put your money on that. Um, let us know your predictions for the team and the score by before Thursday. Obviously, otherwise it don't count. Uh, Actually, just cheating. Uh, but we're on obviously all the social medias. Uh, Twitter at, or X as we call it at Mokings Mellow. Instagram at Went to Mokings Mellow. Uh, you can also email us at Went to Mokings uh, at gmail.com. Uh, so to get it in there. Uh, sadly that is all we've got time for this week uh huge thank you to you clayton for, for joining us
3: absolutely loved it thanks very much for inviting me
2: always good to you whether it's on the fancast or went to Mo king's meadow uh always a favorite evening to hear clayton thank uh, you on a show uh, and simon good to see you and a um, much improved wi-fi most improved wi-fi of the week award goes to simon
1: yeah, thank you, thank you. I've had a little tweak and yeah, sorted it all. But thanks for everyone's back on as well. Good to see you, Clayton. Heard you a few times on the uh, men's podcast as well. So, yeah,
2: nice to, to be meet you. in
1: such good company.
2: Yeah, we will be back. Actually, we're going to try and record on Friday to reflect on that Paris FC game and look ahead to the game against Leicester on Sunday. We are supposed to be joined by Sophie Spittle and. Uh, another uh, that whoever that is is to be confirmed if not it'll just be me and Sophie Um, so make sure you join us then Uh, I am on Twitter at the Mears Simon is at Kingman Simon and Clayton is at Goldie59 if you'd like to follow us there Um, and before we go if you do love what we do and want to support the show you can sign up to a Patreon season ticket for five pounds per month and help the show continue producing content for you you also get to listen to the Summer series, uh, 30 years of Chelsea FC, women uh, interviews with Tony Farmer. George Michaelas and Matt Beard, the Liverpool manager, are on there uh, exclusively for our Patreon. So if you do like what we do and want to sign up, that is a treat for you there. You do that at com forward slash Wensmo Kingsbello. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from Stamford Bridge to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high.